Hey, all you wiretappers out there, the next two episodes are actually a re-release of one I released last March, and it was so long that I decided to cut it up into two parts. Now, I wanted to get it in at the same time as the John Panisi show because they just seem to go together. Now, a little story behind that is I put the John Panisi show video of it up on my YouTube and it went crazy, man. And I was getting all kinds of new subscribers. At the same time, I was on Adam Flower's show, Coffee with Culotta, or the Mob Vlog, I think they call it now. And and he gave me some uh, amping up in the uh, YouTube category particularly. And so I decided to try this. Uh, I put this interview of Michael, Mikey Scars D. Leonardo on YouTube, and I just put a still image on it so then I can make it into a video. You can't put just an audio up on YouTube. That went crazy also. I tell you what, you ought to go in there and, and look at all the comments and stuff. It's, it, it's wild, man. It's wild. I knew it was a good one at the time, but I was so busy. I didn't pump it up. I didn't do much to promote it. COVID-19 had just arrived. That was last March. And so I just recorded it. I knew it was good. He had some really great information. I, I put it up. I think you may want to give it a listen if you haven't listened to it or you want to give it a re-listen because uh, it's, it's great. This guy, he tells about the real life of a mafia member and, and including a graphic description of his induction ceremony with uh, John Gotti Jr., who was made at the same time. You know, and, and Sammy the Bull Gravano had to conduct the ceremony because Gotti didn't want to appear like it was nepotism where he is presiding over the induction of his own son. So I like those little uh, <laughs> fine-tuned things in there. Uh, you got to laugh or you'd cry, man. That's, that's a good one. So on with the show. I'm going to be two episodes. It's the original show cut in half. You ended up getting into the construction business, and and um, well, how, how that happened was how did yeah yeah I, as a kid you know uh, you want to go to work as as a kid or later on you come out of guys come out of jail we had a lot of unions so I knew we were hauling holes for uh, people in need or wanted a job as a kid I went to work for local twenty three which was a laborers union uh, they were with the Gambino family forever and their family Jardinas and then. Uh, you know, later on, uh, I got involved with the Teamsters to to Gravano after they, after uh, Paul gets killed and uh, De Bernard, they killed De Bernardo. You know, Sammy has the union, has the Teamsters, and I get a job through Sammy. So I was a Teamster for a while also. So when Sammy flips, right? So when Sammy flips yeah. in '91, November '91, John Gotti at one point, probably '92, he was locked up in MCC still. Tells uh, Jackie Knows, who's going up the business with his brother Pete, and I want Michael to take over what Sammy had in the construction business. And he says, uh, and Eddie Garofola, which was Sammy's brother-in-law, was helping Sammy run the, all the construction in New York. The message was, there's a good, pretty good message, but a little funny. I guess, not as funny now, but then it wasn't. He comes down with Jackie, and I, of course I drove Jackie up to MCC to see uh, John in jail. Yeah. And he says, I got good news for you. He says, uh, John wants you to handle all the construction our family, unions, et cetera, concrete, et cetera. So I'm looking, I'm saying, Sammy just flipped. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sentence, yeah. Prison sentence, you know? <laughs> okay. So, okay, thank you very much. He says, well, one thing. He says, you can go see Pine Eddie right now. Tell Eddie, if any one of you is fuck up, you rob any money, you screw up, we're killing the both of you. <laughs> so I look up and say, that's another good thing. I thought we are going to get good news here. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> 
No pressure. So that, that's how I wound up with the construction business. Was John Gotti appointed to that? Wow. So when when Sammy flipped, he did he either didn't talk about you, or he didn't really have anything that he could talk about on you, or or oh, yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. He uh, he must have forgot to put me in uh, a murder and a murder conspiracy. Oh wow! Uh, he must have forgot, and um, and the construction stuff, for whatever they knew a little bit about the construction of me being involved into it too. Yeah, that was very minimal. Sammy uh, really like I guess protected me and shielded me. Yeah, with a lot of other guys. It is true, but uh, and I guess I, I knew Sammy since a little boy. Yeah. So and I was very, very close with Sam. Not that if you were close with Sam, he, he wouldn't kill you. <laughs> yeah. He did. He killed a lot of his friends. But uh, for one reason or another, that's conversation for another day, I guess. I was very close, and Sammy had left me on a lot of stuff. So at that, you know, at that period of time, you know, you don't know when the DFI is going to come and lock you up. So, you know, you, you play day by day, you know, at that time. Yeah. Figured, you know, then his material comes out when he starts cases, and you start going through the stuff, say, hey, and he left me out of this, wow, yeah. he left me out of a murder. You know, he left me out of this murder conspiracy where we went to go kill a guy. And, yeah. Uh, still a conspiracy to murder, yeah. but I, he left me out of that one. You know, look at a little bit of construction, maybe a little Shylock and a little this and that. Nothing. Come and get me. I, I won't even take my socks off for those counts. Yeah, know? yeah. You wanted us before. So yeah. it's never transpired. And, and uh, along with about eight or nine of his guys in his personal crew that never went to jail for them. Yeah. And, protected, you know? and the gov- government. Protected. Either way, I wasn't there to say there was a protection or not protection. But yeah. They never went to jail. Yeah. The, go- the government wanted Gotti so bad. Uh, I, I think you know they they were they did they put all their resources into that and and probably didn't care so much about spinning out into other things at that point in time and 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 Sammy probably you know he probably indicated didn't really certain people he didn't want to to do anything yeah. to and but I'll give you the big guy and and you know we all make deals with the devil in in one way or the other in our lives and uh, well what, what the government really really got out of Sammy was uh, uh, twofold. They didn't need Sammy for John. Yeah. They didn't need Sammy for, they didn't need Sammy for Sammy. They were all dead from John's takes. In the oh, race. yeah, yeah, and that's true, yeah. What he, what he does, what he does, he's really able to give you the inner workings of everything in, in, in our family and the rest of the families of unions, murders, yeah. who's who, who's what, where, where, where they sit on the map, who's the pecking order. Yeah. You know, on all the cases that were made after John, because John was dead. You know, everybody says Sammy put John away. No, John put John away with his mouth. He was gone. Yeah. You know, Sammy just used an escape route. Yeah. You know, for himself to get out from under, from listening to those tapes. Yeah. Now, John, on those tapes, he, he's lobbying Frankie Lucasio to kill Sammy. There's no, no question. Yeah. You know, but when Sammy heard that, that was his escape route. It was an easy route for him to say, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. This guy was looking to clip me. You know, so uh, anyway, you know, you know, uh, Sammy hurt the, the rest of the world. He, he hurt the rest of the world through John's mouth. Yeah. Who opened up the Pandora's box. Yeah. Uh, let me like an example. Let me tell you this one story and ask you if you even knew anything about this. Uh, one thing Sammy gave up, he gave up a, a really valuable connection that uh, Gotti had and could have passed along to others into the uh New York City Police Department, the uh, intelligence unit, even this guy named, uh, I think it was William uh Peast, P-I-E-S-T. I, yeah, yeah. I, I got a friend of mine here in Kansas City that actually I worked on 10, uh, about 20 years ago. I worked on him and followed him, and, and, and he ended up 
catching the case and, and did about 10 years. And he came back out, uh, got in the used car business, and, and we kind of we got hooked up in the last year or so. And, and hell, we meet for coffee about once a week anymore. And he, oh, nice. would, he was telling me this story about a guy he was in, uh, I think, maybe Yankton with uh, a guy named William Peast, who was a New York City detective, and, and he went down because he had been informing to John Gotti, and I'd never heard that story before. Yeah. And, and uh, Gravano, uh, as I checked into it, I found out uh, Gravano gave him up, and and they, and they caught him dirty. They already had a lot of information, but they they didn't have that final little piece that that would That's put right. it together. Yeah. And Gravano put that together for him, and 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 this guy he. He had an interesting story. I, I did a whole podcast on it, so you guys out there have to go back and listen to that podcast about uh, the uh, Gotti's informant. I think is the title of it. But uh, you know that was that was a really valuable connection. That guy uh, was providing yeah, him everything. Enforcement. Yep. And, and, and uh, it was there was also the, the woman in the uh, U.S. Attorney's office. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that yeah, one. So yeah. Young, he did a lot of damage. Yeah, uh, in, in other areas, that's what I needed, Sam. Because he was a wealth of knowledge, and he was impressed. I would say of ninety percent of the things that were going on in the city, just about every family. You know, he was wealth of knowledge. You know, in that because uh, he was a very trusted figure. He, Sammy was loved. Yeah, I, I can see that. He, you know, after a while, he started killing everybody. All his own friends he started to wane a little. People started yeah. to say, "Oh." You know, but the, uh, a lot of people love Sammy. Yeah. No question. Kind of a funny story about him in that one article I read about the piece is the FBI agent that kind of took him away that day from uh, MCC. Sammy asked him, he said, well, where are you from? And and he said, well, I'm from Iowa. And, and he kind of, he said, you know, he said, sardonically, I would say, he, he said, you know, if I must start trusting an FBI agent, it might as well be one from Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, you know, like here in the Midwest, we kind of have this homespun cornbread, you know, like, you know, square John kind of a, a deadly do right kind of a reputation, which I don't buy. That's, you know, that's how I am. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I thought that was interesting that if you're going to trust anybody in the FBI, it should be somebody from Iowa. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Because there's no, uh, the, the mentality, there's no Italians there, there's no OC, really. Uh, yeah. There's no, so uh, I'm safe. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So anyhow. Again, we, he knows how to corrupt. He knows what corruption comes out of New York. New York, Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. Oh, God, I know. So uh, he trusts those guys. Yeah, I, I understand. Uh, let's see, where are we at? We are coming down here closer to the end of uh, uh, before you catch a, a pretty important case here. Uh, several cases, it looks like. I, I see... Uh, uh, and I have one. Uh, I have a inter- I have a question. We have a local story here. You were extorting cash from scores, a, a strip club supposedly, and uh, uh, we had a, or one of our local guys. He he hired a couple of guys who to put a stick of dynamite underneath the strip club's owner's car and and just set it off without him there. And and then he was going to come back around and say, Hey, you know these guys. I got these two guys are really mad at you and. You know, I can probably take care of that, but you know, we're going to have to work something out here. <laughs> and, 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 you didn't do anything no. like that, did you? No, 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 <laughs> no need, no need. It uh, in, in New York is between the construction. They call it construction extortion, but we didn't extort anybody. We yeah, and then glove with the contractors. Yeah. So uh, the government wasn't happy tonight with uh, had that position on that. Because uh, everybody made money. Yeah, you were all and making money. And I started, it was that that wasn't place. Yeah. 
So uh, what scores, yeah, what scores in uh, the Gold Club in Atlanta, which is uh, Stevie Capital, which me, John Jr. put with me. Uh, he was with several other people before they died, uh, were murdered. Uh, and then later on, he wound up in my lap, a real good Jewish kid, uh, you know, who had the Gold Club in Atlanta. Yeah. And uh, I was involved in that. I was arrested in that case. Uh, the government brought me down for a, a token Italian mobster to dirty up the case. Ah, I see. And, you know, so uh, I wound up getting acquitted in that. And uh, if you ever go through that case, yeah. you can make a movie there, whether it be a comedy, satirical, or whatever. <laughs> it would be a great movie because the things that went on in that case were on. Unheard of. Huh, I, and, uh, I got acquitted there. Just about the whole office there had to resign. Huh. I left in Northern uh, District of Georgia in Atlanta. I have to but look that I, one later up. On, uh, I knew I was going to get arrested uh, within a year. I told my lawyer, get ready. And several other people get arrested again. The government ain't going to put up with me beating the case. on um, a major case like that. Uh, it was the biggest case in the country at the time. There was Patrick Ewing. Uh, basketball players, Andrew Jones, a baseball player, showed up. They were going to subpoena the, the, the uh, king of Norway. He was on the list. Oh, really? I mean, that, uh, yeah, that, all, all kinds of athletes and wrestlers. And, and Madonna was on the list. They had, and all kinds of people going to call. The judge really tried to discourage the prosecution from keep calling these witnesses. They had over 100 witnesses on a sex case. Yeah. Uh, and then they... Again, putting the New York mobster in there, trying to put color in it. But I wound up beating the case. Uh-huh. I got I won a miracle in the South, uh, which I was told by the prosecutor, the reason why I brought you down here is you're in the, you're in the Bible Belt. You're never going to win down here. Oh, yeah? I said, so I dug my heels in with him. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that was it. I, I got lucky. Yeah. So then a year later, I got arrested in this other case, a murder case that uh, I did not participate in. I conspired it. But yeah. through certain federal laws... You could, uh, they, it, it's conspiracy gets grand and, and, uh, and wide ranging and over, uh, oh, yeah. overarching. Oh, yeah. That, re- uh, that Rico statue, yeah. man, that thing has just decimated uh, mob families. Yeah. And that's what I got caught up into. And uh, from a conspiracy, which I was definitely involved in, conspiracy, digging holes, et cetera, uh, waiting for the guy to show up and he don't show up. Yeah. Now, uh, somebody's supposed to get this guy and bring him to the house and we'll kill him. But uh, then it was dropped, and about a week, uh, 10 days later or so, uh, the Jersey family, the Catholic family guys, uh, wind up killing him. John embarrassed the, uh, the boss there, because the guy who was supposed to bring him in was uh, one of their members. Oh, yeah. And the guy uh, didn't make believe he couldn't find him. That's what we thought. He didn't get killed by our hand. You know, the, the Jersey guys. So anyway, they put together this case. A lot of the Jersey guys flipped, and they, they even though I never did anything with those guys in the case, the, the government uh, had them say, well, I shouldn't say it like that. I know, I know, but it probably feels like it. Yeah. With some other family, guys <laughs> in my family, on the word of these Jersey guys. Yeah. Which I never did anything with zero. So they, but they were expert on me and everybody else. So, uh, yeah, that's how I wound up in that case. And later on, we'll let me uh, flipping in it. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I understand is is when you're in the in the joint, uh, you, you did you actually get a sentence or were you still? Uh, I was uh, yeah, I was arrested uh, June twentieth, the uh, night bail in August, and I flipped somewhere in I would say late November. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, with the, you know when I when I got locked up, I had a lot of money in the stock market. That stock market guys. Uh, construction, my own businesses, and everything else going on. Uh, we're doing pretty well for myself. Oh, yeah. That, and, uh, that's right. I, I got one other question about that stock market thing. I jokingly said you guys 
dealt in stocks and bonds. Were you, didn't I read somewhere where you're involved in a pump and dump scop, stock yep. scam? Yep, yep. I had, not me personally. I wouldn't know what to do with stocks. I'm not, a, uh, I'm not, I'm not a stock guy. Yeah. But I had guys around me, uh, associates around me that uh. I had uh, involved in the stock market that were doing big numbers, you know, pumping and dumping, you know, promoting these stocks and then, uh, with calls on phones, calling all over the world, not even the country, taking their money and uh, shell companies and uh, taking the money and just pulling the plug on it. Yeah. You know, yeah. people lose their money. And, and that was really prevalent in all six families, including the Jersey family in New York. There was hundreds of, probably, I don't know how many. There was guys going in clubs throwing a 60,000 in score, throwing it up in the air, just like making it rain, make that same, making it rain. 60,000 wow. in the There was so much money being made. Yeah. Uh, so they, they really manipulated the market until the government came in and yeah. crushed everybody. I, I noticed but, that. Uh, yeah, I was involved in that through some associates of mine, and we made some money. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I noticed that the Sopranos did a, a, a kind of a short uh, two or three episodes around them being involved in a guy doing the pump and dump thing. So they like that stuff ripped from the real life. Uh, everything about that show, I don't know if you ever watched it, but uh, uh, you, you probably look at it with the, like I watch police shows. You probably watch the Sopranos like I watch police well, shows. Yeah, but- I, I think I'll give you a, a little story with the Sopranos. I, re- I watch very few episodes, and I'll tell you why. There was one episode, Tony Sirico plays Paulie Walnuts, it's from my neighborhood. Yeah, we are. Right, and so is the Shripper and a couple of other guys, they're from my neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, I don't know this guy, Paulie, uh, Sirico. Right, what's his name? Is really Paulie? It's Sirico, isn't it? Tony Sirico. I think so, yeah. Tony Sirico? Uh, I, get, I can't remember. Excuse me for not knowing the first name. I yeah. guess I draw the blank on him. <laughs> but what happened was there was one episode that I watched. I started watching the beginning just to see because I was hearing that... Uh, you know, we're modeling over the Jersey family and all that because the Jersey guys got caught on tape well, from a cooperator talking about that the Sopranos were based on them and they were giggling over it. I don't know yeah, I heard, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> so well, there was this one episode where one of the wives was looking to screw the priest. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you see him in that episode? Yeah, I saw that, and yeah. That really made me bristle. <laughs> yeah. Was, you know, uh, you know, you could talk about Italians all day long. <laughs> now you want to see our wives a fuck, want to fuck a priest. Yeah, that you that, know, that was a bit far. Go. Yeah, Chase, I found out after that was Italian. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I I'd, I'd put word out if anybody finds this Sirico walking around the neighborhood, you bring them to me. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was gonna put him on the spot, and you go tell tell that prick. Excuse my language. Yeah, you better stop that shit. Yeah, so, really. You know, you talk about us all you want. Yeah, talk about Italians. We we we're open. We're open, you know. We're, we're open for uh, attack by anybody, but do not bring uh, tell our wives to fuck a priest. That was low. Yeah, that was. I, I that remember was, thinking. That's why, that's why I really never watched that show. Yeah, that that was a, a bridge too far. I always thought a lot of the stuff. I look at things and judge it by the reality of it, and I know a little bit about it. And and that was a bridge too far. I, I knew that, and I don't like it when they go into unreality. Yeah. Uh, I believe it. I'm not a real religious guy. I'm yeah. Catholic. You know what I mean? I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I believe in all that stuff. So nice. You know, I don't believe in the church. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. You know, that's a money machine. But, you know, that that's, like you said, a bridge too far is a good uh, <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. So anyhow, you're you're in jail and, and they send word to you that, that you're not part of it anymore. Yeah, well, what happened was uh, I was having a little issues on the outside with the new administration because when I was on trial, I beat my case August 30th. 
of 2001. During the course of that, they, they put a new new uh, administration in place, boss, underboss, and uh, consigliere. I was offered a couple of years earlier by John Gotti, who was away at the time, to his brother Pete, for me to be consigliere mm-hmm. and, uh, of the family. And I declined, which was uh, probably a mistake in hindsight. I probably wouldn't be here today if I, I accepted it. Yeah. But nonetheless... I declined for a lot of reasons, and maybe we could talk about that another time. That's a long way with one. So when this new administration's in place, the consigliere, they, they, they pick was a guy from Canarsie. And uh, those guys really don't like guys from Bensonhurst, especially me. Yeah. I had a lot, of, a lot of clout. I had really tight with the old timers. I was really tight with the Sicilians. Um, I, I, I articulated my ancestry before, so they were really, you know, like an adversary with the uh, Bensonhurst guys. So anyway... When this new administration gets in place, the rules change. Everything starts to change. And I beat my case, which was a miracle. Nobody thought I was beating the case. Everybody thought I was getting convicted in Atlanta. Who's going to win in Atlanta? Yeah. But a miracle happened. I got, I got, a, I got acquitted. So when I come home, it's all these little beefs that I got to start fielding with these guys. You know, this new administration. Yeah. So uh, Picotti had to like almost like sell me out with, with this one thing about the stock market. And I was pretty pissed off at him, and I went to see him over it, and I told him that. So Pete gets arrested. And Pete says, nah, that don't mean nothing anyway. So Pete gets arrested. And I get arrested two weeks later in June. Yeah. So before all this stuff is, is really, this beef that I was talking about, the stock market, is fixed. So as I'm sitting in jail, and, and, and the holding in, in MCC, my girlfriend at the time, you know, it was about two or three weeks before they allowed her to come up. They were screwing my business list. Well, I yeah. couldn't even make phone calls. Anyway, she finally comes up. You know, you try, you try to talk there and say, uh, anybody come around? You know, give you money? You know, it didn't start so many times. She says, no. Yeah. I go, what do you mean, no? What do you mean, nobody came around? What do you mean, nobody came around? And I got three tattoo piles. I got trucking business. I got, this. Yeah. I got a lot of things going on. Shylock business, you know? Now I get on the phone. I call my ex-wife. They talk to my son. Yeah, my first son with uh, for a previous marriage, you know, and uh, she's pissed off. I had no money, this and that. What, no money? Yeah. What do you mean no money? They always bring anything. I'm saying to myself, you know, what do you mean? No? So I start getting my partner because I don't have any visits outside of my girlfriend. Because she allowed one friend. I got no blood relatives to come up. That's a relative. Yeah, you understand that MCC only had one friend, and Madeline being she was my girlfriend, not my wife at the time, come up with a little boy. He was just two years old. You know, I I ain't giving her any messages to bring out. No way. So now I had to go through lawyers, you know, write letters, put them sealed letters and tell the lawyer, go give this to what's his name and burn the letter or tear it up to a million pieces after you finish reading it. Right? So there's no evidence out there. And then the message I would be getting back is, you know, you got nothing coming. Eddie Garofalo, my partner, was arrested with me. And that was Sammy Gravano's brother-in-law. Yeah. So we're arrested in this case with a couple other guys. My brother-in-law from the first marriage is arrested with me. And uh, Sammy's, uh, you know, Sammy's the guy who pointed the captain, Louis Valerio, since I knew I was born, was he was arrested with me. Just about whatever crew I had uh, in the street left, besides because I had other guys that went to prison before that. Yeah. You know, my whole crew was wiped off the street before and then now when I, we're all arrested together. These questions I'm getting, uh, uh, these answers I'm getting back to some of the questions, where's my money? What's going on out there? You know? Yeah. So uh, I get a message through Eddie. I told, because Eddie's son comes up and Eddie sent a message to his son to go see a wise guy, Thomas Carbonara, and uh, tell him, if his hands are tied and the son's going on, I want to know. Yeah. He just sends back a message here. I tell him, tell Michael's hands are tied. Well, look, you know, now I started saying, what's going on out there? You shut me out? 
My my ex-wife's telling me the phone. She don't have enough money to pay electric bill. Yeah. Well, it's got the little kid over here. Nobody's bringing any money to the house. What the hell's going on? I started getting really angry. One message I sent out, probably one of the last ones I sent out, was uh, tell those guys I don't remember dying and I don't remember get, getting life. I may come home one day. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. You know? So I, 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 I threw a thread out there. You know I mean, like well, a wake-up call, a thread, whatever, how they want to interpret it. But I was steaming at this time. You know what he's doing? I got no commissary. I'm not going to tell anybody to put money in my commissary. Who are we going to put? Nobody's getting money. I'm going to tell women to put money in my commissary. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Now I'm finding out, you know, uh, that the Frankie DeChico's uncle is the captain. And I call him Uncle George. Like I said, I know him for birth. Now I'm married to his niece. Yeah. You understand? So even though I'm not married to the niece, he's still a captain and our family. <laughs> he goes in, from what I understand, there's the message. When he goes in there, so the fuck he's doing to my nephew? Because he's having it more than I am. He's in the street, you know? Yeah. We, they, they don't tell him on your business when it comes to him. So this is the message I get back. Because I sent him out a message. Go see Santa Romano with the stocks. Where's the stockman? Give me I need money. You know? All these guys, guys are millionaires out there. Where's the money? You know, nobody yeah. wants to go to my house. No, everybody's afraid to go to my house. Because they were told to stay away. You understand? Yeah. I got guys I know since 16 years old that are going around trying to collect my money. Without sending me a message, yeah. Michael, I'm on the spot. They're collecting the money. They're threatening them to go go get Michael's money wherever it is and bring it in. Yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting physically stripped of, of all my resources, Bugada family resources, and my own personal money. Yeah, and I'm and, supposed to feed families. So I sent a message out. What am I supposed to do? I, I got families to feed out there. Know what they said? What? Tell, tell your girlfriend go on welfare. <laughs> oh, that was cold. That was a cold shot. And your whole crew's in jail. Yeah. I'm really pissed now. Right? I'm calling for lawyers to come up, send a message to stop these guys. Like I said, one of the last messages I sent was, I don't remember getting life. I don't remember dying. After that message, a couple of weeks later, Madeline comes up with the baby, and a couple of my friends drive, were driving her up to the, the visits and waiting outside for her to come. Uh, you know, come out. Yeah. There's a, there's a fellow named Noel Mordica. His father was a wise guy. I took him out of another crew and put him with me when I, when I became a captain. This guy's father was my grand was in my grandfather's crew going back to the early 1900s. They were the best friends. So I have a long history with them. So when this kid comes up driving my my girlfriend at the time, he tells her a message, which I don't want no message going to women. But yeah. He told her this message anyway. He says, "Tell Michael that Noel's father." said, I don't know why they're doing this to him. Even me. You know, yeah. Why they're watching right. he's doing this to me. He heard that I was on the shelf. They should never put him on the shelf. Something to, the, to the, that language. So when she's telling me, I'm saying, what did you just say? She said, I don't know. He's, no told me to tell you his father said, son, it's not right what they're doing to you. About something with a shelf. I don't know what he's talking about. I looked across the room. I seen nothing. I said, get up and go home. She yeah. Said, oh, I get up and go home. I just got here. Get up and go home. Gets up and gets the baby. Gets screaming. She gets out. She's upset. What are you throwing me out for? You know, I, I went in the room. I cried for four hours. Man. You know what I'm saying? They broke me. They put me on the shelf. What did I do? And that was a, that was a tipping point where broke me. It really broke me. It broke my spirit. You know, it, it's, I can it's imagine. The thing. There is no excuse. I The money was nothing. Gary, believe me when I tell you. Yeah. The money only got me mad. You know what I mean? I had to, the money only got me mad. Yeah, you can always get more money. Yeah, you know, again, I guess that would have worked itself out. I would have had some other people that I know could bring money to my, the, the, the people that needed it to eat. 
Yeah. You know, I didn't pay bills. That would have been no problem. I, 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 I one guy wants to pay for my lawyer. I told him, I don't want your money. I want my money. Early <laughs> yeah. on, I didn't know. I didn't know he knew that uh, they would, you know, they would, they were holding back all my money. But they must have known it. I never knew, you know, they were going to do it at that level. That grander scale shut me out of every penny. I could use a for commissary. So again, that's not an excuse. Yeah. Believe me, yeah. If I ever wrote a book, it would be. There are no excuses because there is no excuse for not flipping. No matter what I just articulated to you, yeah, you know, I never should have flipped. No matter why I should have took the pain, you know. But at that moment in time, I'll concede at a very, very, very weak moment in my life where you took every fiber of my body and just ripped it out of my DNA. Everything that I knew about that life, the way I talk, we talked about for this hour or so, is you took that all away from me. Yeah, the reason why I'm in prison. Is because of that life. That's something I did. Something yeah. I was ordered to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what I, you whatever mean. Whatever I was instructed to do was for the family. And I was willing to take that burden, go back to trial. The other trial I was facing 70 years if you add up all the counts. Yeah. Minimum 20 with just an academic count if I got convicted. I didn't flip in that case. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, and if, you, if anybody wants to go back and go on a computer and look, Go look at all my pictures that are coming to that courtroom. I'm laughing at every one of them having a great time. I thought you can make a movie out of that that trial. Four months I was on trial to the day. How yeah. many people are staying on trial for four months every day? <laughs> really? You know? So, again, again, no excuse. I'm just telling you, I had a weak moment. It broke my heart. And, and, and I had uh, I decided to fuck this on out. They want to do this to me? How can you do this to me? Yeah, really. So, and, and again, I regret it. I should never have done it. But that was the moment at that time. I could sit here today as a free guy, strong again, mentally, physically, and everything else, you know. Uh, I could be blaming everybody. I blame nobody for cooperating. I blame me. Because under no circumstances, I should have cooperated. Yeah. Well, but that was the time at that time, and that's what happened. It, it is what it is, as they say. And uh, you know, that, that was that then, and this is now. Yep. A guy can only take so much sometimes. And, and, yeah, you know what? And I, and I prided myself on being part Viking. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, at that time. And, uh, you know, saying, bring it, I'll take it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bring it, I'll take it. But this was something that was never in my mind. And, you know, I talked to my uh, my now wife. She stayed with me, thank God. With yeah. Kid, till today. She could have ran away, took the money, took the house, took whatever it was, and stayed away from me. Kid was only two years old, started to life. We had these conversations at times, and she says, what did you expect? <laughs> I says, I expected them what I told you. If I die, or if I go to prison, you'll be taken care of the rest of your life. Don't worry about it. Well, and so my ex-wife thought the same thing, because I told her that when I met her. Don't worry about it. You'll be taken care of. Yeah. I never thought my brothers, all of them, would be able to shun me. Even on the sneak, they didn't go take care of what they had to take care of. I had three tattoo parlors. Guy came to the house, and only bought it one week. Twenty five dollars. <laughs> that was an insult. I told you should throw right in his face. Yeah, that was an insult. So you're going to give me twenty five dollars? Yeah. And he was a good kid. I got him a job, and he wasn't a wise guy. He was one of the guys that I put the place to. But he was on the spot. He probably was mortified. Yeah. So you know, again, uh, you know, this is this is that life, and shame on me for not realizing and and saving enough money <laughs> and putting away enough money. For uh, something bad to happen. Yeah. And but Gary, again, the people could be skeptical, of, you know, he's just saying things. Again, I, I, I don't hold no grudges with anybody today. Yeah. But if I had in my mind to flip, I have a couple of million dollars put away. Yeah. I would have left with a couple of million dollars. I would have been prepared. Yeah. <laughs> so Gary, uh, Gary I, had, I had a suicide attempt. 
Yeah, I saw. I, I saw that. I was supposed to eat sixty pills. When I got on the bail, after I flipped, they wanted me to go out in the street with call people. Yeah, I was so sick. I went to the psychiatrist. I told her, I need, I need uh, two months supply. They, they gave me sixty pills. That night he went upstairs. I took all sixty to kill yeah. myself. I want to die a good soldier. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to. That's a guy that wants to flip. That, That's a guy who was yeah. uh, being selfish, and thinking about himself. I couldn't handle that. Yeah, I tried to fucking kill myself. That, that was another bridge too far. Asking you to wear a wire, going back out and wear a wire yeah, on, yeah, on your yeah, friends. Again, you know, when I walked, got off the elevator in the prosecutor's office, I, I went to throw a ball over it. Yeah, I can I imagine. Know, I knew what I did, but I knew once, once I got off that elevator, I was in trouble. I know that they would put it out there that I walked in that office. You know, yeah, and my life was over. Yeah, at that point in the street, you know, and uh, so. It took me a while longer after I tried to kill myself. They brought me back to MCC, put me in that torture unit. You know, several months later in March, I decided to cooperate. My girlfriend would come up and say, look at you, you're down to what? How much you weigh now? <laughs> you know, a skeleton. A skeleton. And uh, what do you want to do? You want to die in there? Look at your son. You let this kid be fatherless? Yeah. Uh, you know, and that, again, another weak moment. And then I decided to fully cooperate. Because I stopped when I when I they put me on a bed trying to kill myself. I stopped cooperating. I said, just let me die in here, and that's it. You know, through hard, you know, giving me uh, a lot of guilt. Yeah. Because it was a lot of self-loathing, Gary. You know what I mean? And uh, I didn't like myself. I didn't like myself for a very long time. Even when I got out of prison, I didn't like myself. You know, because you, you build up a legacy. Your family build up a legacy. Whether it's a dirty legacy or whether it's a... a Criminal legacy, legacy nonetheless, is something that I wanted to do. You know, my whole life. Yeah, that 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 was a very tough time. Yeah, very, you know, very, you know, very very tough time. Michael, you're like a guy that I once knew that was uh, in a smaller level, but he was a pretty successful, uh, had a pretty successful little uh, off uh, a criminal operation, shall we say, and. But he and he was smart, and he was charismatic, and and great native intelligence, and and we'd get together. He, I tried to get him to tell me stuff, and he really wouldn't. He was trying to pick my brain more than he probably learned more from me about how law enforcement worked than I learned from him. But we were constantly picking each other's brain, and you know, you kind of you join and get some kind of mutual admiration of, for each other, mutual friendship, and and I told him once, I said, dude. If you would take all that intelligence and organizational ability and and your brain and put it into something legitimate, you could make a good living, man. And he said, oh, he said, that wouldn't be any fun. <laughs> so you're one of those guys, Michael. If you'd oh, start out early and taken the native intelligence you've got, uh, just uh, you could have done okay. But it is what it is. Okay, we've been here quite a while. I've held you up yes. quite a while. You know, someday I wouldn't mind getting back in touch with you and, yes. and, and talking Absolutely. about more in detail. Like, like I got some questions about this whole thing about the assault on Curtis Sliwa, and, and that's like crazy <laughs> if you ask me. But uh, interesting thing, would, would you be amenable to that someday? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. great. Look, Gary, like I said, my my life is open book. I testify more than anybody in history. Not proud of it. It's just a fact. Uh, yeah, every time I get up there, it was disaster. But uh, anything you ask me, it's been said already. Okay. So there's nothing, there's new, never, no new revelations on my end that I'm disclosing. So if there's people out there that can learn something from this or get an insight of what really goes on in uh, my brother's supposed lives, because I really believe they were my brothers. Yeah. 100%. Even the guys I didn't like, I treated them as what they were. Because of Australia. 
Yeah, I understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know uh, what you mean. You know. So thank you so much. And if you have anything further, just give me a call. And we'll I will. Check. Okay, Michael. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay, wiretappers, that was a most interesting uh, call. Uh, Michael, Mikey Scars D. Leonardo. And he gave me kudos on how I said that name, if you remember, uh, early on, which is unusual for me. I appreciate you listening in. Uh, I hope you like this and, and look forward to another session or two with, with him. And, and hopefully he's going to get the word to uh, Sammy the Bull Gravano and, and we'll get an interview with him. Now, that would be pretty cool. My public service announcement, if you are a veteran and you believe you have problems that might be from PTSD connected to your service time, in particular, call the local vet center, which you'll, everybody's got one in a large city. And if you're not in a large city, uh, call your VA hospital that you probably have already gone to for different things. Or there's a national hotline, uh, 1-800-273-8255. Now, this is not a VA hotline, so when you get on there, press 1 if you're a vet. And you can go to www.ptsd.va.gov. That website has a lot of resources on it. So spouses and and if you're a brother or a parent or something uh, of somebody that may have some problems, why that would be a valuable uh, resource for you to learn a little more about this this problem. You know, don't forget to hit me up on my Venmo app. uh, Buy me a cup of coffee or a uh, shot and a beer. Uh, several people have done that. I've given credit before. I need to make up a list and, and give some more credit one of these days. I haven't done that. I'm stuck in here with the coronavirus. I don't have it, but uh, I'm stuck in here doing interviews. I'm getting ready another 20 minutes. I've got another interview coming up. I've been doing three today, and then I'll take me another week to edit them. But I'm going to be ready. When this thing's over, I'm going to be ready with a lot of uh, podcast in the in the can. Uh, you know, don't forget about my movie, Brothers Against Brothers, the Sparrow Sabella War. Don't forget about Gangland Wire. Both those documentaries are available on Amazon for $1.99. Uh, if you make a donation, I will send you the original DVDs, $25 or more. I'll send you the original DVDs uh, with um, or at least one of them for $25. You give me more, I, I might throw the other one in. Or my book, Leaving Vegas, How FBI Wiretaps Ended Mob Domination of Las Vegas Casinos. And don't forget about my mob tour app. You want to take a mob tour of Kansas City from your comfort of your home, wherever you are in the world? Why, well, get that app in the uh, iTunes store. Good evening, wiretappers. Music provided by our good friend and super fan from Portland, Oregon, Casey McBride. Thanks, Casey. <laughs>